Chris, last week's episode, uh, it took off. It went viral, as the children say. It did? Uh, yeah, it was a big hit. I, I have to attribute it all to Yara's excellent an- analysis, but it certainly got uh, many more listens than our normal episodes do like maybe 10 or so more than normal wow okay well shout out to the uk audience for starters um but yeah i mean griffin it was a great episode it really was i got the chance to listen to your interview with yara i thought that was excellent i had when we last talked i had not yet heard what yara had to say i learned more about the world cup from that (laughs) 40 minutes than anything else so another big thank you to yara i think Mm mm-hmm and uh, we did have our Twitter poll, which ended in a dead heat. Wow. A 50-50 tie. Uh, so I guess in true soccer fashion, our two teams have played to a draw. <laughs> a scoreless draw, I would assume. Yes. Almost definitely. I got to say, when I when I looked at the teams laid out side by side, I did think that I was going to have trouble with your team, but I think my goaltending advantage uh, <laughs> really sealed it. And... I am now talking and realizing I definitely voted in the poll and you almost definitely did not vote in the poll. I assume you voted for yourself twice, as you often do, <laughs> from the one. High Floor Low Ceiling account and your own personal account. The High Floor Low Ceiling account. account cannot vote in polls that the High Floor Low Ceiling account conducts. That and is not you probably true. also get other family members and loved ones <laughs> to vote for you as well. So I mine is more organic. The, people. uh, the people's champ, some might say. Sure. Time. People's, you're on the people's podium for sure. Uh, maybe not the champ. Um, well, anything else you want to talk about before we start the episode? Uh, Deshaun Watson comes back this week, and he shouldn't. Playing professional sports is a privilege, not a right, and he does not deserve it. Uh, I went on a much longer rant, but way back in like the summer. So go find that episode mm-hmm. if you want to hear. Full thoughts on Deshaun Watson, but uh, shouldn't be in the NFL, and I would really love it if no one ever forgot what he did and never talked about him in a football context again. Uh, let's start. And the theme song's playing now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to edit that in, or you're editing this week, actually. This is all you. And welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast you are listening to now. Griffin, the the season is upon us. It is, yes. December 1st, as Action of time December of has started. What? Action what did you say? <laughs> I said as of time of recording. <laughs> um, no, please continue. Uh, of course, you're a famous, infamous lover of the holiday season. How are you feeling today now that December has sprung? Are you feeling, do you feel the spirit move within you? Uh, I don't think I'm there quite yet because I've been busy today. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think when I hit this weekend, um, I'm having a couple friends over tomorrow. We're going to watch a Christmas movie. Wow. Uh, So yeah, I think that and it'll really be underway but yeah, not not quite yet. I got to be honest. I was with it when there was snow on the ground here in Toronto, but that's all gone. So so give me a little give me a little white stuff and uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. Jeez. And I won't be cutting that out and using it for my own purposes, <laughs> don't worry. Um of course, RIP to Funny Vember. Uh hit the Funny Vember buzzer beater last night with Uncle Drew. Uh you know, not interesting choice. I did I didn't fully clock <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about Kanye West being on my Spotify wrapped, and now this, uh, no, you gotta, this I will be cutting out for my own purposes. <laughs> sort of transitioning directly into the Kyrie Irving talk. He is terrible. All the NBA players are terrible in the movie. Nick Kroll is really funny. Uh, Lil Rel, a rare, not super funny performance from him. So Nick Kroll and Tiffany Haddish kind of carrying the proceedings from uh, from what I've seen. Wait, that movie was recent enough that Tiffany... Was she known at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That I, movie came I in, was, like, 2018. Oh, I was thinking, like, we're talking, like, 2012 here. No, 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 no. Uh, Maybe that the, was, like, the original first commercial. Yeah. 
Because I remember the movie coming out way after the commercials were ever relevant. <laughs> yes, that's exactly correct. The commercial, the movie came out much later. But yeah, Tiffany Haddish, uh, her breakout, we all know it was in 2017 with Girls Trip. Uh, and that's that. <laughs> right. And then this was after that. <laughs> yes, this was a year later. I God, mean, she's, Uncle she's a pretty small role. What's yeah. up? Well, I was just going to say, those original commercials were so well done and so funny. Can you even believe it's the same guy as the Kyrie Irving we are saddled with now? He looks really different. Like, his face looks different. They, well, you he's know. wearing the the makeup, Chris. <laughs> it's not That's not what Kyrie really looks like. <laughs> he looks younger now. He looks awesome. <laughs> I don't know what he did, um, and Griffin, we mentioned, we alluded to Spotify Wrapped uh, briefly there. Did you want to report in? I know you love to check our stats. I do. Do you have Spotify any important wrapped. info? I hope that, like, whatever you believe about an afterlife, I would love <laughs> when you die to just get all your stats for life. Did you? I agree. Did you see that there's a tweet about this? I did see that. That's but this is a thought I've had for a long time. Yes, I, I would love a stats. I love all the stats. And also, like, I just want to know, like, the answer to questions. Like, would X thing have happened if I had done it, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a big thing, alternate. And then the good in the good place, um, they had this thing where, like, you could live out any sort of alternate life that you wanted. I would love that. Like, what if I was, like, what would my life be like if I was good enough to play in the NBA, like? Mm-hmm. But then all I did was dominate at my summer camp's uh, basketball league, which means more to me than an NBA career ever would have. I'm glad for that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, but but yes, you... our Spotify wrapped, Chris. <laughs> we created 2,009 minutes of content in 2022, the two of us at High Floor, Low Ceilings. That is more than 86% of other creators in the sports category. Not bad. We are giving you guys content here. Top You're 14. You're welcome. Top 14%. Uh, high floor, low ceiling has been heard in five countries. Hello. Our top three were Canada, the United Kingdom, and then the United States. Wow. So I'm Yara not sure. Effect. Yeah, the Yara effect, I think. Is there a Midwest of the United Kingdom? I think the North is the Midwest of the of England. You know, I do think that <laughs> sounds about right. So shout out to all our listeners in Sunderland there, our Northern UK slash our Midwest audience. Chris, this one really warmed my heart. Uh, I want to get into the portion of Spotify rap that really mattered. Uh, we were a top 10 podcast for 16 people this year. We were a top five podcast for 15 people. So of those 16 people that had us in a top 10, we were in the top five for 15. And for four people out there, we were the number one podcast this year. (laughs) I know two of them. I've been sent two of of them. them. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't actually. And this is just of our Spotify listeners. Should be right. Which is about like 66% of our listener base. That's the factor as well. I know. I I'm not sure if my mom listens on Spotify, but she has been she's been listening on a weekly basis for a little while now. So shout I out think... you we've she's been the listener of the week before. Yes, she has. But shout out Follower to Sharon House and Jan, uh a a value member of the HFLC community. Um but yeah, I'm not sure if even she would factor in. So the number might be, you know, could be a thousand. It could be. That's true. This is, but uh, I do know two of those four fans that reached out to me to show me that we were number one. My good friend Zach, my girlfriend Sarah. Uh, thanks to both of them. Shout Means out. a lot, I think, to be someone's number one podcast. Yeah, it's nice to be valued. Um, and then uh, many time guest Clem McConnell. Um, probably has he has he appeared on episodes that did not end up getting recorded or didn't come out more frequently than he has appeared on (laughs) episodes that did come out. I think he's probably, I think there are at least two episodes where we attempted to record or planned to record and then abandoned it. Yeah. That, Um, that might hinge on how you count the episode where he was in the cave. Um. (laughs) Right. So it might be an even 50, 50 split, but he, uh, 
he came through and showed us that we were his number five. But I do yeah. think he listens to podcasts more yeah. than some people who might have us at number one. So that number five from Clem means a lot as well. Yeah, thank you to Clem. And Chris, this last one just warmed me. Our podcast <laughs> was in the top 25% most shared globally. Wow. Of all the podcasts in the world, we are in the top quarter of being shared. You guys are out there. You're sending the links. You're telling your friends. And it really means a lot that you would put your reputation with your loved ones on the line mm-hmm. like that and probably ruin it. <laughs> like they've probably not taken a recommendation from you since i mean don't send them this episode i'll say that much um <laughs> send them last week's yeah yeah let's keep bumping those numbers but thank you so much to everyone who has become such a beloved part of the hflc family here's to an even better 2023 i think we're gonna go viral in 2023 i can't wait i would love to go viral uh, yeah, maybe if I would. every week I say, all right, this week I'm going to do an Instagram and a TikTok, and then I never do. So maybe if I did that, we'll go viral. Okay, uh, I support you and I believe in you. Um, <laughs> Emotionally only. Sure. Yeah, I'm not financially supporting you. <laughs> I think you should. I think we we have to have that discussion. We should we should have a revenue split. We should get a joint. <laughs> we bank are account. splitting the revenue. <laughs> I suppose so. you have seen exactly as much revenue as I have. Did you get a company credit card? Uh, oh, yeah. That'd be good. For more company <laughs> retreats, like when we went to the uh, yeah. Raptors game. Uh, we got to run that back. Anyways, speaking of the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors are a team that plays in the NBA, National Basketball Association, for those not in the loop. Yeah. Uh, because we do try and educate. I didn't know which team had qualified for the World Cup. Some people There's might a lot not of them. know. You, you can't NBA. be expected to know them all. I do honestly think that that's true. <laughs> like, and they're expanding. If, the next tournament's going to have forty-eight teams. They're adding sixteen teams. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, like, it's if if Italy isn't in the World Cup, that's not my fault. You know, <laughs> like they just won the Euro Cup. How do you exactly. win the Euro Cup and not make the World Cup? Exactly. How is that not part of it? So how so how is it my fault for not no I I was being nice. I was assuming <laughs> that they were good enough to make it to, to be a top 32 team in the world that they were better than, you know, Joe Blow, but I guess I was wrong. Name a country, Chris. I Name a country. <laughs> did, but I You recognized that my brain quickly pivoted from naming a specific country that I think sucks at soccer. <laughs> Uh, to <laughs> Joe Blow. I knocked the mic. I oh, pulled a griffin. Oh my god, this is just off the rails. I'm just going to say, <laughs> we just saw a few minutes ago, Belgium, the number two country in the world, eliminated in wow. the groups. So maybe Italy should have gotten that spot. Spot. <laughs> <Not> spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um... But yes, the the NBA, the National Basketball Association, um, it's right around the quarter mark of the season. Things have been progressing chillfully thus far. Um, and, you know, we wanted to check in. I think we'll probably talk a little bit more next week as well. But this week, we just wanted to do a, a, a Q1 report on the NBA. So we have dialed up one of our most beloved segments, Real or Fake?, and we have a few topics that we want to talk about today. Griffin, number one, I'm just going to lay this out there and you can react. The Miami Heat should tank. Real. Wow. I know. They were a, they were like a game seven in and out shot away from being in the finals last year. Chris, this team is old. And this team mm-hmm. is just, I mean, they've got a great coach. Mm-hmm. They've got a great front office. They've got heat culture. Me but too. I think this team is like, I, I look at the roster and I'm not encouraged. I think you keep Bam and you keep Tyler Hero, but like Jimmy and Kyle, see what you can get. Also, like, I think people have maybe been a little overrating Bam 
and how good he's been this season because he hasn't been super great this season thus far. If you look at like his more advanced metrics, and I think people are really underrating Jimmy Butler, or maybe they aren't underrating him, but the reason he comes up in trade talks is because you know he is maybe of more value uh, in that situation. But like he's having a really good year. Doesn't this, especially the Heat, who always seem to turn it on later in the season, and yet we talked last year, we talked about the idea that like this might be a team that's not trying super hard in the regular season. This is a team that's looking towards the playoffs more than they're looking at the regular season. They have had some injuries this year as well. Is doesn't this feel like a team that where you talk about them tanking when they're around 520 games to the season? And then by like 60 games of the season, they've had like a 10 game win streak in there somewhere and they're like 40 and 30 or whatever. I mean, yeah, the Heat always do manage to show up. And like you said, uh, the playoffs are a different animal and I'm sure they'll be ready when that time comes. They've got grizzled veterans, but I'm just like, are they winning the championship? Well, no, Boston and Milwaukee are looking pretty untouchable in the Eastern Conference right now. So like you're doing... You're just running out the clock for a second round loss to one of those two teams, or maybe a first round loss, or maybe like a play in loss. Like, but wouldn't you have said that about the Raptors? Like in the mid 2010s, or people were saying that about the Raptors. But like, don't you think that there's some value in being around. a good playoff team? I mean, like, I mean, look at the Heat in 2020. You wouldn't have said that the Heat in 2020 were a finals team or a championship team, and obviously there were some, you know factors that might have skewed the skewed the numbers a little bit but that's a team that you know was wasn't amazing and ended up being a finals team don't you think that you know they can sort of find their way in they could for sure and they've got jimmy butler who at times could be a top 10 player in the league like but i just and i haven't crunched the numbers i don't know what trades are out there and i don't think any lottery team has given up a first round pick this year but yeah, um, it's just like I think they're closer to the end of the road than a actual contention window, despite the fact that they just proved that wrong last year. So, I mean, there's a high chance that I'm wrong, but I just think that if I'm looking at this roster, like it just doesn't I don't I don't see the path. Yeah, I think Lowry is really the big sort of sticking point and how good he can still be. Um, how many years does Lowry have left? Would you take a uh, quick deviation from real or fake? Oh man, that is a brutal contract. He's still yeah. he is under contract next year for twenty nine point six million. Would you take a thirty eight year old pushing thirty nine Kyle Lowry next year, two years from now, on a vet minimum for the Raptors? On a vet minimum, absolutely. I wouldn't uh, heartbeat. You think he's gonna get a real contract? I mean, he is or still averaging you're saying like 15 at points. the end of this heat. Con- I thought you were saying like yes. some sort of thing. Right where... now, no, he's not getting bought out or anything, I don't think. Right. Although next year, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, yes, I absolutely would. I don't think Kyle's game is super reliant on athleticism. Uh, and I think, I mean, when you watch the heat, he still contributes to winning as he always has, no matter like really no matter whether or not his shot is falling or not he is one of the winningest players in the NBA mm-hmm. of the like 2010 onward mm-hmm. um so i do think that i mean he would have to sort of accept that he would the raptors need a backup point guard like <laughs> mm-hmm. i like it i like it bring him home the marshal right. <laughs> very good uh griffin the next one here the uh, a surprising team that has played well in the East, the Indiana Pacers, currently the four seed, are a top eight team in the East. I'm going to go real again, Chris. Ty Reese Halliburton mm-hmm. is legit. And, I mean, they can trade Buddy Heald and Miles Turner all they want because I think at this point wow. it's icing on the cake. They have, I'm not saying they could still be a top eight team if they did that. But I'm just saying for the franchise going forward, I think they have their cornerstone. They have their centerpiece. Yeah, and him and Matherin is a really potent... I mean, Matherin's still coming off the bench, which is crazy. He's averaging 19 points a game, which 
I feel like people kind of underrate like how insane it is for a rookie to be averaging like almost 20 points a game because we just think about like the most amazing rookies, but he's averaging almost 20 points a game coming off the bench, playing 28 minutes a game. Not like he certainly has more of a role than a lot of other rookies, but he it's not like he is like the only good player on a bad team. Like he's in a featured role, but he's not like the one and only guy. He's basically putting up pretty similar numbers. I think his three-point shooting, yeah, he's over 40% from three right now. You can debate how sustainable that might be, but he's basically putting up like rookie Donovan Mitchell numbers. Right, which is, I mean, I think that's a pretty good path there. I, I would take that if I were a <laughs> resident of Indianapolis or even the larger state of Indiana overall. I would take him being Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Tyrese Halliburton is the big one. I feel like I, I'm i probably on record somewhere underrating Tyrese Halliburton a little bit, but he has been amazing to start the season. People are comparing him to Chris Paul, which might be maybe a smidge too far for me at this point, especially because... Yeah, that's Chris like one of the greatest point guards of all time. And also because Chris Paul at his best was like... Uh, the best defensive guard in the NBA. So right. that I don't think Tyrese Halberton's there yet. But I mean, like, the fact that he's drawing those comparisons and is basically averaging, like, 20 points, 10 assists, I feel like when you hit that benchmark, that's, like, a super-duper impressive season, regardless. Um, but, yeah, so, so do you think that that is the play that, you know, that they should sort of be trading guys? and Or do you think that... They should I mean, be trying think, to build around this core. Is it like, is it a core or is it two different cores? Like, is the Halliburton-Mathurin yeah. window, I think, quite different from the Heald-Turner window? So go try and get young guys to match that Halliburton-Mathurin window and uh, move forward from there. And, like, how fun would it be for the Indiana Pacers to be good again? I love it when the small market teams end up really good and in the nba i mean that doesn't always happen but those years when the pacers like with paul george and roy mm -hmm. hibbert were fighting the heat like those those were fun years yeah definitely and i also the, the other thing is that like you know obviously halliburton has been awesome but a really balanced team thus far which i all i really like a, a good like this team has five good starters basically i mean their fifth starter spot is a little sketchy, but but their top five guys of Halliburton, Heald, Miles Turner, Matherin, and then Jalen Smith, who I've always really mm. liked. Uh, great goggles on him. And yes. then, like, their bench is, like, kind of suspect. Like, Aaron Neesmith is one of their biggest contributors off the bench. Like, they could definitely stand to get better uh, in a lot of areas. And then, you know, they're, they had... Uh, a second rounder, Andrew Nemhard, a second rounder because he was the 31st overall pick, but right. uh, Canada's Canadian. own. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he has been contributing as well. So they do, you know, they have something to build on at the very least. Uh, I am going, ooh, do I go real? Because if you look at teams that are outside the eight, you've got Miami there. You've got Chicago there who are nine and 12. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks in the air Knicks. quotes. The um, Knicks. So, like, you know, those teams could be in there. But I I think I do have to go fake just because they still are on the upward trajectory. It feels like, like you said, I think that saying it's two cores is a great way to put it. Like, they sort of have a foot in two generations of their team right now. Um, and maybe, you know, if I think if they decided to go a little more all in and try and pick up like another not necessarily a young player to sort of bolster their roster. I think that would be fun for them. I'm like I said before with the heat, I'm not always in the camp of people, you know, trying to be as young as possible or right. trying to make all timelines match up as perfectly as possible. Because like, I mean, you look at the Raptors, they developed a whole generation of young talent while the older talent was still starting and like playing big minutes. And so I think you can true. do both. And so 
I, I think fake for now, but I, I would like to see them either direction they go. I think that they have definitely a, a positive future. Do you want to move to the next item on our list, Chris? And I am going to lead this discussion. <laughs> okay. I've decided uh, Jason Tatum is currently averaging 32, 8, and 5. The Boston Celtics are 18 and 4 and looking like the best offense in NBA history. Uh, Chris, is Jason Tatum the NBA MVP, real or fake? Ah, here's the thing. <laughs> right now, he def he maybe he 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 definitely is, is. He, right, is now. Definitely? right now. Right now. Right, I think right now, because the Celtics are 18 and 4. They're really, really good. They've had a really, really good start to the season. They are, I'd say, pretty definitively the best team in the league right now. They obviously have the best record in the league. So right now, I don't think you could say, because he, and he's been, you know, if not the best, he's been as good as any of the other MVP contenders, which I think, like, you'd say Tatum. Jokic, Doncic, Giannis, those four are pretty much like that is the MVP conversation at the moment. And obviously, it's still early going, but those guys have sort of dominated the discussion so far. I mean, Tatum just had a 49-point game. He was awesome, uh, handing Miami another loss. Um, And, you know, he's been doing stuff like that all year. He's averaging 32 points a game. He does seem to have taken another step forward in terms of his progression. And so, yeah, and it's like I think eight and five as well that he's averaging mm-hmm. like, who did not see that coming. It is. Him. It's four and a half assists. So, okay. you know, five is sort of fudging. It's rounding so that's up your, but your, your error. I just want to make, yes, clear. I, well, I never know. I like to have the point <laughs> five a lot of the times because I think it, it feels a little more accurate, but it doesn't sound as clean when you're saying it on a podcast, but very true. Anyways, but yes, I mean, that has kind of always been there. He is a career 6.7 rebounds. I feel like his rebounding ability as a wing gets a little bit overlooked sometimes. Just like yep. he has like just a really a great basketball player's body, you know? Yeah, and he's playing great defense, too. He is not just mm-hmm. a scorer by any means. He guards the other team's best player most nights, even though he's got Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown flanking him. Like he still wants that matchup. Uh, yeah, so I- those are all great points. Please continue to make more. <laughs> like he's he's almost like <laughs> I'm just gonna be inflammatory for no reason. He's almost like Carmelo Anthony, but good. I uh, absolutely <laughs> buy that. I think you are spot on with that. Jason Tatum is Carmelo Anthony if he cared about winning and was better at basketball. <laughs> but at the same time, I I feel like Luka Doncic is. It, I feel like it's his time in a weird way. And, you know, technically speaking, the Mavericks are the eighth seed right now. They're 500. I mean, like, the seed doesn't matter a ton right now because there aren't a ton of games separating the, the teams. And so because the West is so thick <laughs> with potential contenders, because he could just as easily be a two seed or a 10 seed, honestly... Like, I think we're going to talk about the Mavericks a little more in a second here, but he, it, it feels like he has been sort of waiting for the season where he is crowned because, like, I feel like people have seen and understood and known that he is going, he is like the next super duper star of the NBA for a little while now. And Nikola Jokic coming in and being incredible kind of like supplanted his yeah. ascendance a little bit because he was sort of like became the the guy like in the same way that Giannis was the guy like four years ago um but yeah I do feel like he is that guy to sort of like be the next plant his flag kind of best player in the, the world kind the, of from vibe. the LeBron era into maybe the Giannis era into uh, well Giannis yeah I think would be the main competitor with Luca there yeah, maybe uh, we're, no. we're we're eating well as NBA fans. I think is the absolutely line. there. Are, I mean, just those four players alone, and you know, we haven't even talked about like an Embiid. I mean, Steph Curry is still very much yeah. like an amazing player, and will probably be in the MVP conversation himself. But you know, it sort of feels like in that sort of nebulous shift from 
one best player to another, especially now that LeBron is no longer considered the, like, put a stamp on it every year. You don't need to think about it. He's the best player in the world. Yeah. Now that there is more of a conversation, I feel, I, I don't know what it is. It's partly his play style. He's super entertaining. He's super good. Obviously still has things he can improve in his game. He's, what, 23, turning 24 this year, yeah. this season. And is averaging, he's leading the league in scoring and averaging nine rebounds and nine assists. Like, how can you not think about that guy as, like, the guy? And like you said, Chris, everyone has known for years that this was coming from him, except for the Phoenix Suns and Sacramento Kings. They they had no idea. They're like, what? You guys all knew? <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell us? I mean, the Kings especially. I mean, the that Suns, is a I think... Darko Milicic moment if I've ever seen one. Totally. And I think we do sort of like give the Suns too much of a pass because they're like, oh, like, you gotta pick up big man. Like, that hasn't been true for like a decade. And like, but they I get a pass because man... DeAndre Ayton is really good, like, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, he's like fringe all-star caliber. Yeah. He's certainly better than Marvin Bagley. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Kings really took the heat on that one. Uh, but Chris, I I think I'm going to have to say fake for Jason Tatum being the MVP because I believe in the V. I think that valuable matters. And mm. I think without Luka Doncic, the Dallas Mavericks might legitimately be winless right now, like 25 games into the season. The thing is, and you know, people sort of sleep, they're basically a top 10 offensive and defensive team. Which is kind of impressive given what their roster looks like. Especially like, I think we talked about this last year as well when they were surprisingly good on defense. But like, other than Dorian Finney-Smith, is there a single player where you look at them and on that roster where you look at them and you're like, oh, that's a great defender. Yeah, like, like maybe Maxi Kleber, Kleba, but... Yeah, and he's more of like a like versatility kind of defensive guy versus yeah, like, like he a can lockdown defensive guy. Yeah, but you're not like ISOing him one-on-one and feeling good about it in the game seven. Um, but yeah, credit to Jason Kidd, who has once again proven his ability to craft that team into a really good defensive team. But I mean, Luca is just doing everything for them offensively right now. He's getting nothing from anyone with all due respect to Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie, who's been okay, and like Christian Wood, but... It is the Luka show out in Dallas, and I just think that, like, yeah, if he leads this team, like, to not have to play in the play-in, mm-hmm. that, to me, seems like a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's jump there quickly, because another one I have written down here is that uh, the, the 8 and the 9 seed at the moment, Griffin, Dallas and Golden State, will both be top six teams in the West by the end of the season. Um, obviously... Two teams above them right now that seem like easy sort of cross-offs. The Kings and the Jazz. Yes. Uh, you know, they're directly above them in the standings. I don't Obviously, know about the Kings. I don't know how easy the Kings are to cross off. Okay, well, let's talk about that then, Griffin. Do you think that the Kings... Are the Kings playoff bound this year? I'll say real on that. I will take the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox is good. play-in. They can, be in, they can be in the play-in, but they have to win the play-in game. Oh. Hmm. I'm still gonna a like, first like round the victory beam. Like, like the victory the laser. beam. Uh, I I like the Kings. I did not see that Halliburton Sabonis trade as being a win win, but that does look like that's how it's turned uh, out. He's good. Sabonis I, is playing well. I think. I mean, they'd clearly still giving up Halliburton. Halliburton. Yes, yes, but it's like it's worked. It's working for the Kings right now. Yeah. And, for sure. I mean, there's got to be some coach of the year buzz going on in Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not a bad. It's definitely not a bad roster. Uh, you know, Malik Monk, I think, was a bit of an underrated pickup for them. They maybe it was a slight overpay. They still don't seem like they're sure what they have been Davian Mitchell or like what he can necessarily contribute. Their drafting is a little bit suspect. I'm just. <laughs> you mean for the last thirty years? Yes, definitely. But, uh, I mean, I mean, also, why is Terrence Davis only playing 13 minutes a game? I mean, he sucks as a person, but I don't think that's why he's not getting played. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so you think that that's a you think that that's a team that will win their first, you know, 
game of consequence. I know it's technically not the playoffs, but in in some time, 15 years or however long it is. I do. I'm calling the Kings real for a real playoff team. Uh, but to answer your original question, I would say that the Warriors, uh, Warriors definitely get out of the play-in. The Mavericks, I think, are probably a play-in team. Okay, but as a seven or eight, presumably. Yeah, so uh, I guess the answer likely. is fake to your proposal. Right. So so you're basically thinking the Warriors knock Sacramento out and then the, the top five pretty much stays in in some order. That's currently Phoenix, Denver, the Pelicans, and Memphis, and the Clippers. Uh, Yeah, I would say I think that all five of those teams have the ability to stay. I don't know, like the Clippers with the health, you yeah. never quite know. But yeah. I think that Suns, Nuggets, Pelicans, and Grizzlies will be joined probably by the Warriors. And whether the Clippers stay or the Kings stay, I think will be more interesting than anyone would have expected going mm-hmm. into the season. And that's kind of interesting that that sort of creates a new, you know, we saw it last year with the Raptors and the Cavs and the Hawks, I think were in there as well. Um, but that's sort of a new battle is the battle to dodge the play in to yeah. get the six seed. Yeah, we people were talking about how there is wouldn't really be an eight seed race as much anymore because the nine and ten are getting in as well. But it's sort of creating new battles within the battles uh, as well, which I think is cool. Um, I do like the plan. I was skeptical at first, but the last after a couple of years here, I, I think I'm on board with the plan. How would you How would you feel if it was like the if it was more like the NFL with like the top seeds getting a buy? And then the play, like, eight is the cutoff for the play-in versus, like, I the thing that bugs me is just that, like, the nine and the ten seed are, like, getting into potentially being, like, it's just too many teams. Yeah, so how would you do that? You would have three series, like, three plays eight, four plays seven, five plays six. Right, and that's the first round. Winners, but then you've got five teams in each conference. No, I think it's, I think you're, oh, <laughs> this is making my head hurt trying to figure out. This is riveting content. E- Absolutely it is. Uh, at any rate, but we'll, we'll figure, that's an, we'll fix that's the plan another, another day's time. episode. <laughs> Improving we'll the, the plan. plan Chris, I think we have time for one more real or fake here. I think you're right. Uh, you, and you should, you, you should deliver it. I will deliver it. Okay. Uh, so we did just sort of talk about the Pelicans a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, Chris, real or fake, I don't really remember how we felt about this trade initially, but I was down with it for the Timberwolves, but now the Rudy Gobert trade was a huge mistake real. for the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'll mean, let you finish, but real. <laughs> I mean, so I, I had an alternative written down here, which I think is a little more controversial, because, like, how can you not say that it was a huge They're 500 mistake? 500 right now, and they look awful when towns and gobert are on the field or on the floor together they are they are worse they are worse than they were last year their offense is much worse their defense and their defense isn't any better which is also not shocking because like you're trying to play two centers together like it just it's not like offensively the skill set almost kind of makes sense but defensively it's like Carl Anthony Towns is not Evan Mobley. Like you can't, yeah. you can't do that and just expect it to work. Do you think that's what they were looking at, Mobley and Jared Allen, and thought we can have that? But Mo- Evan Mobley is just like arguably, I think maybe on a better trajectory than Carl Anthony Towns. I think what they were thinking, they, they probably should, they should have just gotten Mitchell probably if they could have. Yeah. Um, yeah, that seems like cons- it would have made way more sense for their team. considering the. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I don't remember the exact package, but did Donovan Mitchell basically go for less than Rudy Gobert went for? Almost certainly. They paid when a you break king's it down. ransom for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it was... Like, and I get... I guess if was, they were concerned that, um, like, Anthony Edwards would be sort of stymied by having Donovan Mitchell there, but he's sort of, like, plateaued a little bit. He has not really taken another step this year. Yeah, and I, you know, and I also wouldn't want to be denied this Cleveland Cavaliers team that I like really love. Yeah, I mean for sure, but I I think what they were thinking was Towns is like one of the best offensive players you can have, which I 
do think is true. True. Like, yes. I think he's Real. awesome. Uh, and, you know, can play the power forward role on offense, can play an outside in high post operator kind of game um, that isn't necessarily dependent on him being like in the paint in the same way that Gobert is. Right. And then defensively, it's Rudy Gobert. He is like a defense unto himself. They were, you know, a 50 win team and had a top 10 defense last year, despite not having a ton of defensive personnel because he's Rudy Gobert. And so if we have a guy who is an offense unto himself on offense and a guy who was a defense to unto himself on defense, it shouldn't matter who like plays alongside or who plays together, but it just, they're both centers. (laughs) They just are. (laughs) And so, there's it's only ever working. been one. <laughs> like <laughs> right. in all of the different lineup permutations that the NBA has gone through, there's only ever been one center. Yeah, certainly like if not in, you know, you talk about like Tim Duncan and David Robinson or whatever, but like yeah. in terms of role, there's yeah. almost the never. Forward. It's an interesting conversation for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my my reframe of this, Griffin, because I think. You know, we've already seen more or less that the Minnesota Timberwolves are better without Rudy Gobert as they were last year. Right. So here's a flip because he has just gone down with injury. Are the Timberwolves as constructed currently better without Carl Anthony Towns? And that's not saying like with Gobert instead of Towns, but that is kind of the situation we're in right now. So would you rather have Gobert and Towns playing together or would you rather have just Gobert? even if it means sacrificing Towns in order to make the roster more cohesive and maybe get the ball in Edwards' hands a little more. As much as it has looked ugly at times, you can't possibly get better by getting rid of a player like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, like, attitude questions and stuff like that aside, can you? Could you? I don't know. Like, it almost certainly makes their defense better. Yeah, and and then, like, you just have It could definitely make their offense better. Just Can I get rid of, of D'Angelo like... Russell? Can that be my... <laughs> I mean, as a lifelong D'Angelo Russell hater, uh, not hater, but not skeptic. not a fan of... Yes, yeah, skeptic. That's a great way to put it. Thank you. Um, yeah, not super into the D'Angelo Russell thing. Imagine if they just had like a Mike Conley type of point guard, like just like a... Or a Kyle Lowry type of point guard. Like doesn't need to score a bunch, plays great defense, sort of keeps things moving... And just like, you know, finds the, you know, I think that that's, you know, Kyle Lowry is one of his greatest, I'm saying you know a lot. Yeah. Uh, one of his great talents is sort of understanding when a guy needs the ball and sort of distributing it as needed. And I think that that is maybe what the Timberwolves are lacking a little. Have you seen much of the uh, the seemingly ongoing feud between Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert? How they oh, like. God. No, I have does- not. Anthony Edwards doesn't seem to enjoy playing with Rudy Gobert is basically the long and the short of it. Mm. Who could have foreseen a talented offensive wing not enjoying playing with Rudy Gobert if only there was some sort of historical example? Mm-hmm. Get it? Do you get <laughs> I it? I do get it. Um, it's Don- I was talking about Donovan Mitchell. Right. So are you? where do you land on that, on the Towns issue? Uh, I'm going to have to say fake. Just because I like I get the concept of addition by subtraction, but that's a lot of subtraction. I do get where you're coming from, though, and it's closer than I think I ever thought it would have been. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's the sort of the way to to think about it is like it's it shouldn't be a conversation, and that's kind of scary for them. Uh, Speaking of we... things that shouldn't be a conversation, high floor, low ceiling. <laughs> Absolutely, um... that should be a tagline. But uh, that will do it. For the NBA talk this week, we'll probably have a little more next week. Uh, But for now, we're going to take a break. And I hope you are hungry, is all I'll say about our next segment, when High Floor Low Ceiling returns. Burgle, 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 burgle. Whoa, Chris, do you hear that rumbling in my stomach? I sure am hungry. Oh, are we doing the podcast burgle. now? Yeah, that, that's, that was my open to burgle? this bit. Burgle? Burble, burble, burgle, oh. gurgle. Gurgle? Gurgle seems like what I was going for. You, you don't really say, you hear my stomach is rumbling more than you hear 
my stomach is gurgling. Yeah, but the stomach doesn't actually go, like, rumble like an earthquake. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Do you yeah, think I it, get into acapella? <laughs> Why? Because I'm so good at these sound effects. I don't think acapella has a lot of sound effects. It's kind of like be a guitar or something. What's our what's our bit or not our bit? What's our segment, Chris? We had too many bits. That's the problem. Yeah, our bit. I yeah. Uh, but of course, Griffin, this your stomach is gurgling famously, famously. Uh, which is perfect for this segment that I'm calling the World Plate, because we already have a World Cup, oh. but our our table setting is not complete without a World Plate, Griffin. Uh, the World Cup Top 16 has almost been completely set here. Uh, there are probably a couple of ones that are being finalized as we're recording, but we just have a few that are already confirmed at the time of recording. And we are going to engage in a bit of a, you know, continuing on our theme from last week about having our countries do battle against each other, not on the soccer pitch. We're going to do a little <laughs> cuisine battle uh, between some of these World Cup knockout teams. Now, you are a food lover, correct? I do. I like it all. Give it to... Me, no matter what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I will take food. and I mean, I don't like every single food. Sure. What food but do I'm you not like? I'm not a cheese guy. What? I like cheese when it's not like the star of a dish. Like, I'll have pizza, I'll have nachos or whatever. But, you don't like, consider cheese the star of pizza. That's interesting. No, I, w- I wouldn't have cheese pizza. What? What? I mean, like, I... If I was starving in a desert, I would eat it, but it would never be my my first choice. Like, if I'm at a pizza place, I'm never choosing cheese pizza. Sure, but you, that's different from saying you said you wouldn't eat cheese pizza well, no. cheese unless pizza you're starving egregious. in a desert. Like, mac and cheese is the one. I, I, I do not eat mac and cheese. Whoa, that's crazy. It's just, Any... it's, I don't like, it's the texture, I think. It's too, like... It, it's like gooey and gooey, overpowering. Okay, well that's fascinating stuff, um, and hopefully that uh, maybe that will play a role here in this conversation. Griffin, the first matchup we have are two hotbeds of cuisine. Yeah, we We've should got... point out these are based on the uh, round of sixteen matches that have already been decided at time of recording. Did we say that? I said that. You might have been thinking about how much you hate cheese. I do. Um, I do hate cheese. Some cheeses I like, but it's like other cheeses I don't. Like, I like like a sharp cheese. That's nice. Okay. I don't like the soft stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, you like those soy eggs either. Um, that's a reference, a reference to something, something we talked about not on air. <laughs> Griffin, the first match that I have for you... Uh, Two sort of, I guess, uh, well, this is an interesting conversation to have, but the matchup is between the Netherlands and the United States of America. Now, here's an interesting question, because I think there is such a thing as American cuisine, but what does that entail? To me, I think that the most, like, distinct cuisine that America has sort of mastered and made their own is the art of barbecue. Oh, interesting. Like, southern... Certainly made their own. I don't know about mastered. Well, agree to disagree. Um, Okay. But please, so... But, like, ribs and, like, Kansas barbecue, or, like, there's so many different cool kinds and stuff. Um... I always there are a lot of barbecuing shows on my Netflix list that I've not yet watched but want to. So that's kind of the era you're thinking is like get cuz I th- I think of like steak or just like a classic, you know, kind of steak as a very American dish. Well, I mean dish, the go-to is like hamburger and fries, donuts, like that's what yes. people would sneer at when they say American cuisine. But I I feel like barbecue can represent the United States in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, and or then like maybe like American barbecue, at least. I know there are other countries yeah. out there that do barbecue. Yeah, exactly. And maybe like fried chicken as well. I feel like that's yeah. a very like American dish that is awesome. Um, but what's nice is that like we don't even know, or at least I don't. Like there are a lot of Asian countries that do fried chicken as well. And like who influenced mm. who? Mm. I personally, the world, this is maybe a hot take, place. but the world is beautiful. Um, they should bring back that Discovery Channel boom diada thing. I literally watched that on YouTube like a week ago. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. You always come, you always uh, stumble across something new on a high floor, low ceiling. The, and the world is beautiful, like you were saying, Griffin. Um, so, yeah, so we're putting up, you know, some barbecue, some fried chicken, USA cuisine against what do you know about Dutch food, Griffin? Um, we did some research, or, you know, I looked at Wikipedia as maybe a better. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard Disc- stories of one Dutch dish, which is just like raw ground beef with spices. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure sort about the validity there. Uh, my sister tartar operation. Yeah, my sister went to the Netherlands and she got like this like cone of fried potatoes with like a mm. like aioli over it that she swore up and down was like one of the most delicious things she's ever had. But that is about wow. it when it comes to my knowledge of Dutch cuisine. Well, my understanding is that Dutch cuisine is has been described as rustic, uh, you know, not too refined. I have a picture here in her Google document yes. of a dish uh, called perhaps hootspot, uh, that which is a is rustic, which is <laughs> boiled and mashed potatoes, carrots, and onions, and then there's some meat on the plate as well. It certainly looks quite rustic. Uh, you know, simple and good. straightforward. Wikipedia describes it as containing uh, many dairy products. And, you know, much like a, a typical North American or United States and Canada kind of thing, uh, traditionally dinner consists of potatoes, a portion of meat, and seasonal vegetables. So, some a similarities. staple around the world. Yeah. God, the potato. What a success story, eh? Oh, I mean, <laughs> on it, like... The potato kind of both because it's not that healthy and for other reasons, but it kind of like transcends vegetable dumb kind of, you know? Yeah. No, I think it is like scientifically not a vegetable. Isn't it like right. a starch? Sure. I don't really know too much about that, I must say. Well. But I take your word for it. Anyway, uh, Chris, I do, as much as I do think I would like this spot. Uh, I'm going to have to give this one to our neighbors to the south, the U.S. of A. I think that, like, I don't know, barbecue ribs, a brisket, like, there's not much out there better. So, uh, with a nice smoky rub. So. Jeez. So, you make make it sound so enticing. Um, Am I not? No, no, you're not wrong. I think, yes, I think I will have to agree with you that the the USA cuisine wins out here. I mean, like, you know, people sort of joke about Americans and, you know, having bad food, sort of not having much culture to speak of exactly, with the exception of, like, mass media. But, you know, I think that sort of American stuff is maybe a little underrated on the the global stage because of American, you know... Americanness. Yes. With all much love to our third most listened to country this year. Oh, yes. I mean, States. shout out to the Midwest, certainly. Yeah. Uh, that Midwest BBQ. We love you. Kansas. L- <laughs> Let's move on. This is a terrible segment. <laughs> no. We're moving on to our next uh, <laughs> matchup here. So, congratulations to the USA moving through to the World Cup quarterfinals or the World Plate quarterfinals. Thank you. Uh, we've got a big battle of the A's here, Chris. Argentina versus Australia. I just I like almost everything about Australia. We've got a, I've got a couple personal connections. I love green and gold as a mm. a. Uh, I don't love colonialism. Should sure. get that out of the way. Or crime. Yes, I don't love prison. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to be there. Although, how. Do you think you could, could you do a year? In prison? Absolutely. Yeah, AKA jail? I I don't think. It's Have tough. we talked about this before? If I could do a year in jail? 
just whether we could how we could do i mean i think i would survive i would hope but i don't think i would enjoy it i don't think i would thrive (laughs) jail is awful is anyone thriving (laughs) there are some people who probably like think this is where i belong sure criminals this feels Uh, like we're bordering on dangerous territory Sure. I mean, I certainly support a rehabilitative rather than punitive justice system. Agreed. Um, <laughs> but do Prison you think? Do you think reform? Absolutely. Do you think that changes your mindset at all? If like you did a thing and then like you went like you're being sent to jail for it, versus when we sort of think about it intellectually, it's like, well, I didn't do anything, so I'm sort of in there unjustly. Uh it's a very interesting question um, <laughs> that you're not prepared to answer right now. I don't know. Yeah. Like if I knew that I did it, would I be more willing to accept a year? Maybe. I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, kangaroo Argentina, beak. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroo meat is too gamey. I'm going with Argentina. <laughs> Uh, it you know it should be pointed out of course kangaroos kind of the national symbol of australia not super common for kangaroo meat to be consumed although it is consumed um i was reading that it is very popular in dog food griffin oh my which is god a fun thing to think about um but lamb very popular in australia is yeah uh, i, one I do love thing. lamb i know mm-hmm. i know it's bad I'm i'm waiting for lab grown meat i think that Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I've tried plant-based stuff once or twice. It's not quite there for me yet. I think lab-grown is the answer. That's what I'm really hoping they can work on. And I know that, like, logically there's no difference between eating a kangaroo and eating a cow or a pig, but I just think that in North American society, at least, we've done a very good job of separating animals that we eat and animals that we don't. Like, like, And, A, we don't see kangaroos, so we consider them more exotic. Like, it would be the same as, like, eating a giraffe or whatever. Yeah. Which I don't want to do, um, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> a giraffe. That was just the first thing I thought of as an a exotic A giraffe animal. drumstick. How, how big do you think that would I mean, be? I guess mammals don't really have drumsticks the same uh, way that birds you've had one. You've had one before, Griffin. At Disney World. Those freaking turkey legs have got to oh, be giraffes. They're so hey, freaking big. Hey, oh, hey. <laughs> you didn't like that too much? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, love a, I love a lamb shank. But would you... I and I think the other thing... Shank. I love a lamb shank. I don't know. Are <laughs> sure, you doing Discovery? <laughs> um, they look like people, is the other thing I was going to say. Lambs? No. Kangaroos. Correct. <laughs> The look of pure disappointment you just gave me. (laughs) I truly wish our listeners could have seen that. Um, But Argentine Argentine cuisine, Griffin, uh, a.k.a. asado, is the name for Argentine Mm. barbecue. Um, Let's keep it going, baby. Let it roll. It does look really good. I saw one specific picture of, I think it was, um, I think it was, might have been lamb as well. Uh, that looks really yummy. Um, obviously, you know, they've got the, they've got the empanada. They've got a lot of the classic, you know, South American dishes. We don't, you don't hear much about Argentine cuisine compared to say Brazilian cuisine. No, but that's true. A lot of the classic South American, uh, dishes you would expect. You, you're going to have some dulce de leche, uh, oh, in the mix love dulce de leche. for the sweet stuff. Um, you know, a lot of lamb, a lot of beef, uh, and some very yummy-looking barbecue. Uh, and then mate, which is a, a type of South American tea. Very caffeine-heavy, from my understanding. I bet that makes you feel really good. Like, I bet you drink that and you can, like, feel it, like, spreading through you. I think that's right. Well, I fam- one time I drank a yerba mate can during a recording of High Floor, Low Ceiling. Do you remember this, oh, Griffin? Uh, ye- it was a yellow I, can. Do I, I can picture a yerba mate can. But I can't, I did work in a grocery store, but I can't say that I specifically remember you drinking a yerba mate during one of our recording sessions. Okay, so be it. Oh, wait, um, was this an in-person one? It was, yeah. I do remember that, actually. <laughs> okay, great, awesome. <laughs> and last question for you, Griffin, how do you feel about chimichurri? I like chimichurri. 
I agree. I actually think this is maybe a hot take. That would probably be my number one steak topping. You know, it's not something that I get too often, but I don't generally put much in terms of topping on my steak. Like I'll marinate it or I'll, I mean, I guess I'd count steak spice, but chimichurri on steak is very good. Absolutely. I think with as much as I'm cheering for the Socceroos in the actual game that will take place sometime in the next few days, uh, I think this one's a pretty big blowout for Argentina. Yeah. I mean, I food sounds delicious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I, I want to recognize that there are distinctions between Argentine cuisine and other South American cuisine, but I had the opportunity to have some Brazilian barbecue at a, a friend's wedding who is Brazilian and it was incredibly delicious. Uh, some amazing meats. And so if it's even 90% as good, and I imagine it's equally good, if not better, then you have to give it to Argentina. Congratulations, Argentina. You have advanced in the world plate. Um, <laughs> a couple more here, Griffin. How we yes. do it on time? We are over 60 minutes, so we might have to... Let's do one more. These. All right. France versus Poland is our next matchup. Uh, three stripes on the flag versus two stripes on the f- flag. Mm-hmm. Which way do you lead in that category, Chris? Uh, they both have red and white. France adds the blue. And they, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that they swap alignments vertical versus yes. horizontal. Yes. I'm actually, maybe just because it's more unique, uh, because Canada is a classic vertical alignment. I'm kind of partial to a horizontal stripe. I, you know, I'm not against it either. Uh, so, one bonus point in Poland's direction for the flag, <laughs> but of course, <laughs> of course, um, the cuisine matchup I think is tough. French cuisine, hmm. famous the world over, lots of wine, lots of cheese, lots of fancy meat, and bad news such. for you. Yeah, and it's like soft cheeses too. No thanks. Mm, the worst. Um. The Champagne region, giving us some champagne. The Roquefort region, giving us some Roquefort cheese. Absolutely. But, you know, you know how the French are particular about that sort of thing. They so are. Um, but you but is French cuisine person? overrated? Is it coasting on reputation? Like, what actually is it? Is it just like <laughs> food? <laughs> That's a great question, Griffin. I... <laughs> Is it just, is French cuisine just food? Uh, which I guess the real question is, is our North American cuisine more heavily influenced by French cuisine than anything else? I think that's correct. I think especially like sort of fine dining, I yeah. think is probably underratedly uh, influenced. You know, we talk about like the mother sauces. I know that's a big part of cuisine. I believe that is a... A French invention. Are you familiar with this? I've heard the phrase. The, the bechamel, uh, tomato sauce, of course, hollandaise. Like those are called mm. sort of mother sauces or like sort of core ingredients in a lot of dishes. But yeah, I think that it's definitely fair to say that French cuisine has heavily influenced, uh, you know, North American cuisine. You know, we, we love our crepes. We do. We love our uh, souffles. We love our wine. We love like a hearty soup. I feel like that's a very, yep. like, I feel like I associate French cuisine with like creaminess. I definitely think you're right there. Yeah, like a lot of dairy in there. Uh, but Polish cuisine, let's talk about it. Big meats slash uh, sausage country. Wikipedia describes it as a hearty sausage and heavy cuisine. Country. Talk about me going out on a Friday night. Whoa. <laughs> Heading to sausage country. Uh, and they like they care. Big meals like Christmas Eve and Easter often take days to prepare if done okay. right in Poland. So maybe an underrated food country, Poland. Like yeah. I like I really like sausages. Sure, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean it's it feels very like Poland to me as a nation just feels very sturdy. Like Yeah. They've been maybe, through a lot. They've been through a lot, definitely. Um, Like, you know, very traditional, very, you know, I think rustic would be a word that you can use for Polish cuisine as well, but in a different way than the Netherlands. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly they do have their share of things that probably we would not eat in North America traditionally. Like, uh, I'm seeing a sour cucumber soup here. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a tripe soup. Tripe? Uh, what is tripe? Isn't it like a fish? Oh, I don't like that. It is not, Griffin. It is, of course, the stomachs of various farm animals. I don't like that even more. I don't think I shall be eating tripe anytime soon. Um, So, you know, I would love to try some Polish cuisine. I'll bet, like, I'll bet if you had, like, a Polish friend and you went to their house and there was, like, a family dinner... Oh, that that would be awesome. Yeah. Versus at a restaurant, maybe I'd rather go to a French restaurant than a Polish restaurant. So they kind of each have their own two poles, if you will. There is also French bread. Mm, But bagels originated in Poland. Damn. Poland comes back strong. This is... I thought of this as a David and Goliath, but Poland's holding their own. I think in the end... Just for worldwide influence and yeah. gourmet aspects. I mean, that's literally a French word. You probably, <laughs> It's probably just and too cuisine. much for Poland to overcome. And cuisine, that's true. Probably plate as well, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. I, like, I, I think you're legitimately probably right. Uh, get on Wiktionary there. Let's look up the etymology of the word plate. But Maybe after the record. Maybe. <laughs> But in the end, uh, so France advances, and then quickly, our last one, England versus Senegal. I think we all know England is not winning a cuisine competition. Senegal <laughs> takes the W. No debate. Um, wow. What an ep. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, what an F indeed. What one a great of, brand uh, Nicholson segment. <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure we'll bring this one back sometime soon. <laughs> Um, but thank you all for listening to that world plate competition and to this episode of high floor, low ceiling. Do not forget to follow us at HFLC podcast on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. rate us and review us. Give it all to us. Five stars, <laughs> uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Hopefully it's on Spotify and we pop up on your Spotify wrapped. If so, thank you very much. And if you don't listen to us on Spotify, thank you for listening as well. Absolutely. Yes, we also absolutely. like you. <laughs> you want to cover all our bases. Very I political do. of you. Uh, listen to Got the Runs. Listen to the OUA basketball show. Uh, you can follow me at C Housingen on Twitter. You can follow Griffin at GriffinPorter97. And until next time, please keep your floors high and your ceilings low. <laughs>